Tuned into the 7209 podcast with Ebby Okieffa and Marlam Parker. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. 7209 podcast show is on. You know how we do. 7209. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holla at your boy. Hey, Ebby, you know I got to hit him with it. Man, right. it's been a long time. It has. It has. But it's all good, man. All is well. You know how we do, man. We just trying to make it happen out here. But we ain't going to stop. And we not going to stop. Never. Sure. But we got a special guest on. Special <coughs> guest, man. Special guest. A brother I've known for a very, very long time. I told the story a couple times, man. I think I got it down. I met this guy, man. It was 96. Yep. I think it was the summer, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Summer in 96 when I known this guy, man. One of the illest MCs I have ever heard in person on wax, whatever, off the top of the dome. I got footage of this guy freestyling, man, with no facial hair. Like, <laughs> I've known this guy for a very long time, man. He's a baller, entrepreneur, uh, tech genius, uh, just really a stand-up guy. Um, yeah, man. One of my day ones, man. Yep. My boy Triune. What's yeah, happening, fam? What up, man? I'm good, man. Thank you for the intro, brother. Man, all day, brother. Welcome, man. We appreciate you, man. For real. We uh we got the 7209 show popping. And uh P and I, man, we on here just trying to trying to get some real guests on here. And I'm talking about some real guests. You feel me? Not no bullshit. We can get come, you know, like some authentic shit, man. And, and yeah, man, I pay you back off a of, off a of piece uh intro for you, man. Cause man, I ain't seen you since. You know what I mean? We had you at our uh five eighty sigma lyricist lounge, you know, get down and you out there just slaying cats left and right. <laughs> Kill you know everybody. I mean? Asking everybody cats, got it. A- asking cats how you like your steak done. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Like, he, was, he was killing people, man. Just running through them. Yeah, bro. man. The good old days. Well, how you been, man? What's cracking with you, brother? And I've been good. Just, you know, busy, man. High stress. You know, I, I live a high stress life just based on having a lot of ambition, man. So, um, you know, just always grinding, setting new goals and trying to hit them. That's why I want it. Yeah. That's why I want it, man. That's real talk, man. And I, I, the, the, the concept behind our show, man, we all about... Well, first of all, let me back up. The 7209 show... Just in case you don't know, I'm sure you know, but you know, I gotta reiterate with folks out there <laughs> real quick, you know, remind them. The 7209 show, you know what I mean? It's all about me and P and the rest of our frat brothers, man, that we came through with back at the Cal State San Bernardino days, man. Yeah. Um, and uh we our line, you know, the brothers that we crossed together, um, we all stayed in the same apartment that same year, you know, on university grounds, university apartments, and our number sure, our uni- it was lit. It was lit, brother. Uh, it was crazy. It was lit, man. <laughs> like that's we why all- that's why we can never let go of 7209. Oh, you know what I mean? Like man, we all that's, got that's, we all that's got that's kicked that's off the campus. Department number? That yeah, was an apartment yeah. number. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> tell hey, building seven, second floor, <laughs> well, cloud nine. <laughs> <laughs> man, we all got kicked out of campus housing. It was crazy, bro. Yeah, was, I mean, it was, it was it, wild, man. Imagine it, y'all two brothers in college yeah. in the same apartment. Bro, oh, man, it was, yeah. it was wild. I don't know why I never popped up, but I'm back <laughs> <in> my- <laughs> it, it sure was monumental, man. But yeah, it was so we, you know, we had the 
have to continue that journey, man. We, me and yeah. P, you know, we we stay, you know, day one, talk every day. And we obviously got our own individual businesses and, you know, in our careers and stuff. And family man now, which is crazy, you know, going from a collegiate level yeah. to family life. You feel me? So that's what this show is all about, brother. You know, just keeping it real, man. Just talking about what we going through today yep. versus where we was before, man. And right. yeah. uh, taking taking the experiences that we encounter, encountered as collegians. Because um, we was on our grind too back then, man. We've always right. been on our grind. You feel me? But it's just a whole different uh, circumstance. We we older now, you know, and everything like that. And we just on some boss shit right now. So yep. you know, that's what it's all, and that's what it's all about. So yeah, man. We just want to just um, tap in with you, man, because your background is is very amazing, man. We we just on some real shit, man. And it. but you a real cat at the same time, man. And that's what we mostly respect. And we just wanted you to like enlighten entrepreneurs out there, you know what I mean, of your journey, you know, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, not to just have the title entrepreneur. Like, right, you feel right, me? Right. Everybody could be an entrepreneur, but it's like, what's, what's, what's good with the hustle, the grind, the process, like, you know, and it's authenticity, like that, the that's, grind. that's a grind. You feel Man, me? Man, let me tell you, let me tell you. Yeah. I don't think Triune has ever had a job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had jobs. He's always been hustling. I, mean, I remember when the dude, I, he was selling cars, man. Like he, He's been, you know, back when I was trying to sell cell phones, man. Like er, back in that day, back in That's that era. Saying. You know, back when you can get fired from a job or quit and go get a job the same fucking day. Oh, man, for God. real, yes. man. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't got fired from jobs in the mall and walked around the mall with the work shirt on and got another job somewhere else you know what i'm saying like like, that's like that's how cold it was back in ontario mills back in the day but man try my guy man tell us how you got started with everything that you got going on um i'll be real with y'all man and for me it started in childhood um a lot of people don't well some people know like i'm sure p knows this for sure i'm not sure if you know this but um i'm a first generation american like my parents are from guatemala and honduras so just in that, the, my upbringing was completely different than your normal American black kid. Right. Like way different. Right. Um, I was tasked with and given a lot of responsibility at a very young age and at multiple stages in childhood, like given a lot of responsibility. So um, early on, like my parents, once again, coming from third world countries, they don't believe in allowance. Yeah. What am I giving you money for? If yeah. you're not doing anything, what am I giving you bread for? And then on top of that, <laughs> my parents weren't really into giving their kids money. Yeah. So I went to my pops at like eight years old and I was like, look, you already got me around the crib, cutting the lawn, washing cars, doing all this stuff. All right, cool. I'm cool with doing that for free because I live here. That's my rent. But would you allow me to take this weed eater and this lawnmower around the neighborhood and make money with it? And as long as I pay for any repairs, oil change, and or, you know, you got to replace the oil and then the gas that goes in it. If I provide that from the income I make from it, can I use your tool? My pops is like, hell yeah. I've been waiting for you to come to me and say some shit like that. Go ahead. So as a kid, I was probably making three to four hundred dollars a month cutting lawns and washing cars around my neighborhood. And this isn't in like the 80s. 
Like, this is that's, how the hustle hey, started for me. Yeah. Hey, that's a lot of Nintendo games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for for real. Yeah, hell for yeah. Real. But the crazy thing is, like, my parents, once again, like, they were third world country. Like, they don't believe in this whole kids have freedom and say what they want oh, and do what they want. Okay. They're going to allow me to spend my money on Nintendo games. It was like, this money's going in the bank account. This money's going here or it's going to stay in that stupid little shoebox you got it in. Right. And it's not, and I'm a kid. My mom is very diligent. She'll count that shit every week and make sure that it's there. So that's how my hustle really started, bro. Like me just wanting to kind of prove to my parents that I was worthy of the responsibility that they were putting on me. That's what's up, man. That's that's crazy. Like I could I could somewhat relate to that. And Pete, you already know where I'm getting at when 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 he mentioned um his childhood, his background, where how he grew up. Like I'm Nigerian, bro. Oh, you know what's up then. <clears throat> so I know what's up, you know, like same with my parents, you feel me? And the thing is, I was on the, the only difference is, is that like they gave us money, mm. you know, not not for our chores, just for pocket money, mm. you know. But as far as doing chores around the house or what we supposed to be doing, you know, you know, it's part of the culture. Like, this is what you're going to do. And that's it. Like, hey, that's just how I go. To, that's it. Yeah. So that was expected. Like, I get it, you know, and it's helping to be, I can't admit, it's helping to be the man that I am today. Right. Thanks for my parents for that. But from a money standpoint, the only thing with me was that um, I had a similar situation with you. When I came up, I rolled up on my pops and was like, yo, like, to be honest with you, I don't feel comfortable with you guys just giving me money. Right. Like, just because I already had that mentality at an early age, between six and eight years old, where I want to hustle for my own money, mm -hmm. you know, like, like on some real shit. Cause I, I'm, I'm already thinking like you guys are already expecting a lot out of me right. on what I need to do around the house anyway. So Mm -hmm. I, and it is what it is. That's how we grew up. But right. for me, I'd rather go and hustle for my own money. You know what I mean? And pops respected that. I never asked my parents for anything. I wanted that kid. Yo, let me get the new this. Let me get the new J's. Let me get the mm -hmm. new this. Because I wanted to go get it for myself, right. you know. And I'm I'm the oldest in my family too. I'm one of four, so it's like I wanted to set that tone for my siblings as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm the youngest, but I'm the only boy. So, interesting. You know I mean, wow. boys always get treated differently. Right, right. You know I mean, then the girls do, and so my oldest sister. That's don't wrong. Like she went through the shit too. Like she's not. You know I mean, she wasn't exempt from a lot of this shit. But she was definitely treated more with a, you know, with a, you know, girl's edge than, you know, how people prototypically, you know, treat boys. But yeah, man, I was the same way, bro. Um, I, I didn't really like asking my parents for nothing. Um, although I will give them kudos, like they paid for the stuff they were supposed to. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed to get shoes for yeah. you know for school hoop or right, for right, right. AU, they got right. them. For me. Or right. you know what I mean, if I needed new school clothes, they got them for me. Like yeah. stuff like that, they had no problem going and getting yeah. stuff for me. But in yeah. regard to like me having money to do what I wanted to do, nah, like my pops, I think maybe one time he gave me money for a date. After that, he was just like, I'm not giving nobody no money for no dates. I'm not doing that. Like, if right. you're going to go out there and get you a piece of some or try to <laughs> attempt to, you're going right. to do that on your own dime. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, and, and you... <clears throat> 
I appreciate you, man. Things happen for a reason because you're giving me some gems. Cause I got I got four kids, bro. Um, mm-hmm. 10, 8, um, 4, and then I got a newborn, two months. And check got, this out. I got four of them too. 19, 14, 10, and 8. And, that, and what's what's the genders? All girls. All girls. Woo! So check this out. I got yikes. Yikes. Hey, <clears throat> I got three girls. And then my newborn ended up being a boy. Okay. So so when you said you that, off at the end. I up, yeah. <laughs> like you said, Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. <laughs> that, yeah. that was MJ98 right there. Yeah, yeah. for real, bro. That buzzer beater. Yeah. yeah. But it was cool, though, because my daughter, like you mentioned, you know, the scenario with your older sister and everything, and you being the last boy, I could kind of see that with what I'm going through with my kids, you know, even though my son is an infant, but still, you know, it's crazy. You probably got to change your whole approach to parenting yes I do. Uh, right it is, you, yes. it is not the same it's not. if i were to have a kid right now and he was a boy i gotta almost erase my entire approach from everything that i've done 100. since my oldest was a newborn because it's different right it's, it's different. different it's, it's totally different, different. Man. like like i have two sons and a and a daughter my daughter is is in the middle she tough as shit though. But like, man, it's um she is. It's yeah, you know, like it's it's so it's so different when I interact with my my oldest son and then my daughter. Like the things that I say to him that he just kind of shrugs off. You know, he's almost 13, so he's kind of at that age where he's just like, eh, like I don't know shit no more. Dad don't know nothing. I was born 35. In his eyes, he don't think I've been through nothing and I ain't seen nothing. You know what I mean? He might have the womb with gray hair. Right, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So he's starting to kind of like rebel against the shit that I'm saying. And my daughter, she just she she listened to everything. I need you to go do ABC. Bam, done. I need you to do this. Bam, done. To the best of her ability, she just wants to make sure I'm like happy. Whereas my son, he's kind of at that age. He's just like, eh, no. And I mean, it's not even done disrespectfully. It's just like I'm on his ass about everything. Pull your pants up. You know, brush your teeth, hit your hair one time, clean your room. You know what I'm saying? Like wash your ass, like all that. You know what I'm saying? Well, I can imagine it's because, right? Like men have to deal with accountability different than women do. Yeah. True indeed. And you also got to factor that in with the fact <coughs> that when he goes to his mom's house, he's the only male over there. Mm. Oh. So over yeah, there, he's kind of like, I don't say he's like running a show, but he's the, you the man. Yeah, hey, yeah. Go, go kill that spider. Hey, go take out the trap. You know, all the things yeah, that. Yeah. Like low key, even if somebody break in, like go ahead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But then when you come here, you know what I'm saying? Like I get the big piece of chicken. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. like, well, like this is. crazy. The King Prince. Yeah. So yeah. that dynamic is kind of like, and I've, and I've had to address that with him. Like, man, I know you go over there and you may do ABC or whatever, whatever, but when you come here like this is my house it's my castle yeah, yeah. so you must abide by the laws of this land yeah yeah and you gotta get that man talk right exactly you <laughs> yeah. know what i'm saying yeah and it, it don't help the fact that he's like five nine like 190 pounds you know what i'm saying so he's like solid <laughs> yeah. so you know I, sometimes i've seen him look he'll be look he'll be looking at me and i'm thinking is he thinking he could take me like you know what I'm saying? Like, of course. is he sizing me up you know yeah of course he should <laughs> He said hey. he wouldn't be, a young, you know, a young, a young soon to be man if he did. Right, right, right. I got to get him in the gloves, man. I got to let him know. hundred uh, percent. I think I have, you know, obviously a lot of friends that have sons, man. And, you know, I'm not going to name no names because of the climate of the world. But I'll just say several of them have caught fades because it was necessary. So I get it. Right. I'm on it. Yeah. I'm on it. 
<laughs> All right, so Pete Gang, man, Pete was telling me you toured with KRS-One. I did. All right, man, let us know how that go down, man. That's what's up. Um, it was a circumstance, man. Um, so I first met KRS One. I opened for him at the Key Club with an old group that I was in called True Artist Movement, and um, right. we were making a little bit of a splash in the city at that point. This is early, bro. This is like two thousand one, two thousand two. Oh, for sure. And yeah, this is early, early. And we was making some splashes in the city, and um, he had reached out to us, like somebody in his camp had reached out to us. Well, you know, we followed up on that and just kind of lost contact. So two years later, I wound up on a label called Antagonist um, slash Image Records. And um, they ended up signing KRS-One. So when I reminded him of this, um, because they wanted, long story short, I was in a group called the Foot Soldiers. That's the deal I was signed to um, with the group. And, um, you know, the, the, the inner workings within the label was that we were going to be touring with him and that he was going to basically um, give us some exposure based on the type of music we was doing. We felt like it would be a good cross promo. Right. So they set it up where he was going to be on two songs on our album and we was going to be on, you know, two songs on his album that the, he was doing with the label. So um, that's kind of how the relationship was business wise. So. You know, him kind of knowing that, you know what I mean? He, you know, he definitely, you know, stepped up and, you know, and did what he was supposed to do. But in regard to me, um, he just kind of took a, a liking to me as, you know, as a person. So before even like there was tour support that he was given, he was taking me out, you know, from aside from the rest of the group. You know what I'm saying? So and then even after like things kind of went left with the label and, you know, they kind of weren't on talking terms. I was still actively touring with him and he was I was the only artist out of the group that he was kind of rocking with. So I got a chance to spend a lot of time with him, record a lot of music with him. You know, he did the intro to my God's Plan One mixtape. Um, and I still have unreleased records uh, with with him. Um, there's the stuff that I may be releasing within the next couple of years, too. But um, I, you know, we recorded, I'd say probably 20, 30 songs ago. Dang, that's, Dang, that's what's up, man. <clears throat> Did he take you to the South Bronx? Have you met oh, Cool Herc? Yes. So, like- yes. So in 2005, they did a, a Legends tour. Mm, and mm. I, I have pictures from this so I could sing you guys if you want them for the podcast, you want to put them up or whatever. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But the Legends tour consisted of Busy B, Cool Herc, KRS-One, Cool Modi, and Nelly Mel. What? So I got a chance. They also recorded a Legends album that I was on. It never got released, but I was on this fucking album. I recorded it in Sherman Oaks, California in 2006. I never remember this shit. I walk into the fucking studio and it's KRS-One. It's Melly Mel. It's Cool Herc. It's Busy B. It's Cass, and, it's Cass from, from the Furious Five, like Casanova, like the, oh, group, the guy who stole yeah. Cass's verse on Rap yeah. is the yeah. Light, like right. the dude that wrote it, him, like him. Um, and all of them are in there recording the album. KRS told me to pull up. I pull up and um, I'm walking. I see all these guys and they're like, hey, uh, you that that young spirit Chris was talking about, right? I'm like, yeah. You're like, hey, can you get a verse on this? And like Melly Mel asked me this, like the message, Melly Mel. Damn. You know what I'm Damn. saying? Like Grandmaster Melly Mel, like the first the first rapper yeah. to spit some real shit. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy. So I'm like, yo. Crazy. I'm like, yo, play the beat. Give me 10, 15 minutes. I'm writing the best shit I can write. <laughs> I got a room full of real tastemakers in this motherfucker. Right? <laughs> so I go in, I bless my shit. Um, and they all were like, yo, it's fired. Like crazy cosigns. 
And um, during the making of that album, I got a chance to really spend a lot of time with these guys and really learn. That's what's up. Learn the objective viewpoint of hip hop. Mm. Not not the subjective that most people hear. No, I'm talking about the objective. No one can tell me what hip hop is more than Cool Hurt or Melly Mel, who was in a group with Cowboy, who was the first rapper ever. Cowboy. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Or Busy B, who engaged in the first battle like almost ever like to be you know to go viral to be big like his battle with kumo d and like and cool herc through the first party yeah like, Herc through crazy. the first party in 73 <laughs> and like i stood on cedric and seager with these guys as they were like pointing to this building and pointing to this building oh, shit. Took me to the park and like, bro, it, it was probably one of the most, it was basically college for me, man. That's what's up. It was like college yeah, for me. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah, I had a chance to learn about hip hop on a level that most people just won't get a chance to because they didn't get as lucky as I did. Yeah, yeah. So that's- what was some of the best advice that you received from any of those people? Um, As far as like you being an MC at that time, like 2005, 2006, like you're still like in the thick of things. You still, yeah, I was still very much feeling like I could be hove at some point. (laughs) Um, it was came from Kumo D actually, and uh, Kumo D at that point was like knee deep in real estate, like he had went and got his real estate license and shit, and like he was knee deep in it. And his words was like, listen, bro, you're talented. Seems like you got the glow. But he said, but there's a graveyard of niggas like you. Learn how to diversify. Mm. And that stuck with me as I continued to go through label drama, label woes, and eventually going independent and dealing with business on a different level independently and just realizing like, oh, shit, like, a barbershop and a shoe store, I should probably do that. A coffee shop, yeah, I should probably do that. Um, You know, and other things that I'm kind of working on right now, too. It's just like, there there ain't too many, there might be, I'm gonna shock y'all, there might be 15 rappers in the whole world that really live off of rap. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. There might be. That's, I think I'm being really, really liberal with that number. That really live off rap. Is that because the game has changed now? Because I'm sure that that wasn't always. I think it's always been the case. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because, because for one, um, the game is not designed for the artist to eat. True. That. That's never been the case. Like, the game has always been designed for the executives to eat. And number two, um, most artists are not dedicated to their craft the way a KRS-One or a Talib Kweli or a black thought from the roots or most guys are not that passionate about the craft. They're not willing to do what Talib Kweli was doing at one time. Like there was a point in time, maybe for about five or six years straight, maybe even longer. He probably would cuss me out and be like, nigga, it was 10. (laughs) But, (laughs) But like, I remember a time of like five to six years straight where Talib Kweli was doing over 290 shows a year. Damn. That's how you get to the money as a rapper. Shows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Most rappers are not that dedicated to their craft, man. A lot of these rap niggas is lazy. They just want to, they want the fame, the jewelry, the girls, but they don't really care about the money like that. They just want to be in the life. Like I want to be at the popping spots. I want to, you know, smoke the best weed. I want to drink the best alcohol. 
and I want to be around the best looking women. And they don't really care about the money, nor they care about the fame and everything that comes with it. So a lot of those guys are not living off rap. They're living off whatever advance they label gave them while they're promoting their project. So they living in the label house or the label apartment, driving the label car until the promo season is done. And then the label says, bring me mine. Damn, that's right off top. Yeah, right I off know top. him. He said, I know him. <laughs> I was just talking to my pa. I was, in fact, <laughs> he, I was talking to Benoit. Okay, yeah, yeah. The other day. And we just got, you know, just on the topic of like, you know, just how we're doing in life and shit. And like, he's had, he's been really on his producer shit. So, you know, he's had some exposure to some artists and shit. And we just got on some topic and, you know, this was brought up like, most rap niggas you know are not living as well as I am. Mm. And I don't feel like I'm killing the world. I just feel like I'm doing above average. But most rappers don't even live as well as I do. And I'm Man. talking about rappers you know. Word. That's crazy. Yeah. They, these are costumes. Them, 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 <laughs> chains, them chains go back, B. Them, that Rolex, that shit goes back. <laughs> like Mercedes. That uh, is rented. None oh, of this shit is, no. yeah, none of this shit is real. Damn, bro. Well, that's 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 what we talking about, man. That real all shit. That all them, shit all them damn uh, them Diddy contracts. Them Diddy contracts. <laughs> 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 Nigga, I was listening to uh, Day Twenty Six the other day. Nigga, just oh, one man. of them old CDs. I was just hanging around, man. I was like, dope, this nigga Diddy then. It was dope. That was dope. That was dope. It was. It was. I ain't even gonna lie, man. I love them cats, but you know, the, like you said, you said Diddy, nigga. Yeah, that's one. That's one of many. They were. Oh yeah. And so is that Danny Kane girl. Yup. 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 In fact, that Aubrey O'Day girl. Yeah. You know, she from Upland, right? Y- for real? Yup. Damn, that's crazy. I didn't know. Yup. That's why I was rooting for them. That's crazy. I was yeah. like, yo, yeah. she's an IE girl. Let's go. Let's go. That's what's up. Let's go. That's what's up. <laughs> No, but you know what? Uh, so diversify your portfolio. Now you mentioned something. You open up the door, so I'm gonna just go ahead and Let's go walk on down it. Kicks and cuts. Yep. Talk about it. So kicks and cuts um, was a spinoff of something that was already created. So um, my best friend in the world, Dead Eye, had already owned a shoe store called Chamber of Souls in Rancho Cucamonga, and um, at the time he had asked me to go in on it with him. But at the time, I was just doing some other shit, and money just wasn't where I wanted it to be, so I wasn't able to go in with him on it. So he decided to do it with um, our other partner, Willie, and you know they 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 did pretty well. Um, Willie went and got his barber license. And was like, why don't we just open up a barber shop? And then Sean was like, why don't we open up a shoe store with it? Because those are the same exact demographics. Right. So then, you know, the idea was born and, you know, we uh, we were deciding on a location. And that's where, you know, my contributions came where I was like, look, we have an option that's in Fontana where we're at. We have an option that's in East Val. Let's go Fontana. And they were just like, well, you know, why not go East Val? You know, it's closer to where Sean lives so he could kind of more, you know, manage things. I'm like, look, it would mean the world if I was able to kind of create a community center in my old stomping grounds. My old, you know, the high is right down the street from there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, our old high school coach is still at the high school. I know I can link with him and do some cross promotion there. And if I can just get popping on that campus, I'm going to everything else is good, good as gold. So. So 
Um, we decided with Fontana and then we had this little thing called COVID-19 getting our way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but um, things are seemingly starting to get back to a little bit of normalcy. So you'll start to see some of these things come to fruition within the next year. But it's up. It's in Fontana. If you're a viewer, listener, go check us out if you're in the area. So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring, regular sneakers and convert them to unique, dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to g- g- get laced with Get Lace Shoelaces. Yes, yeah, Get Lace is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.com. Underscore upgrade your sneakers with a black owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. He's a genius, man. Get yours today at getlacelaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. What do you consider as your favorite project that you've worked on throughout your <clears throat> within your portfolio? You talking about music or you talking music about- wise? Yeah, music wise. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, by the way, I was just banging that concrete rose, man. That concrete rose is fire, man. I appreciate that. Man, um, the vibe on that shit is bananas. All right. My favorite body of work is probably gonna be Legion. Celebration. No. <laughs> it's probably gonna be Legion of Doom versus Triune. So um, one thing that I did outside of my group deal was I signed a solo deal with the same label and it was a two album deal. The second album never came out because they had issues with their distributor. So I ended up being let go and being bought out. But the, um, the first album was a mashup album between me and an electronica slash punk band. And it's called Legion of Doom versus Triune. If you, I think it's on the DSPs, but if not, y'all my homies, you can hit me direct and I'll just send it to you. I wrote this album in two weeks because of the urgency. There was, um, the lead single was called Intended Consequences. And it was the lead single on a soundtrack for a movie called Pathology that had Alyssa Milano in it. You can check out the video. It's on my YouTube channel from way back then. They have cuts of the movie in the video. It's a dope video for the time, especially. Um, But some of the writing that took place on that album, I'm just super proud of. Um, And the fact that it's not on your traditional boom bap. It's like something different for me musically. The album feels way different. Um, That's my favorite. But my fans love Raise the Fell, Born to Succeed. Okay, okay. Yeah. And Celebration, according to me. Celebration, man. <laughs> Celebration. <laughs> hey, man. So, so check it out. So, you wrote that in in two weeks. You said yes. So, where do you like? Let's talk about your process, or, or as much as you feel, you feel comfortable sharing in regards to like writing. Do you like hear a bunch of the tracks first? Did you kind of lay like bars here and there? Like, do you just pull over and start writing? Do you like spit verses into into your iPhone sometimes? So, or like, how does that work? Yeah, man, I'm so old man <laughs> with it now. It ain't even funny, bro. Like back in the day, I mean, I still can if I'm put on a spot. Like if I'm in a studio with someone I respect and they like, yo, let's just get a record done. All right, whatever, I'll push it out. But I'm so picky now with the way that the records sound. That man, I will I will sit here and drive myself crazy recording something a thousand times trying to get it exactly the way I want 
And then the process is sometimes I'll just scat and just say a bunch of nothing, just trying to find a pocket and then put the words in after. Or sometimes you'll, I'll wake up like the other morning, I woke up with a whole verse in my head and I came downstairs and I just spit it in the mic. Like I got my mic right here. I just turned the mic on, no beat behind it. I just spit the whole verse. It's weird how it comes, man. It just comes weird like that. That's why my albums be so far apart because it takes me a while to get, you know, that finished product. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought. I kind of figured that you were like a perfectionist at this point, like having having spitten and written so many bars and had so many battles and just so much uh, content that you've put out over the decades that you've been rhyming. You know, I imagine that it, it definitely takes you time. Now, I'm going to jump back. When did you start rhyming and who inspired you to get into that lane? Oh, shit. So I started rhyming in 94. My big inspirations were Nas and Method Man and Black Thoughts. Reason why those guys are like in my favorite yeah. top five. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> those guys were very encouraging and discouraging at the same time. <laughs> Because, um, yeah, I just, you know, they were so good that I never thought that I could ever get to that level. Um, but yeah, I started in 94 and that was an off kind of, um, I guess you could say, offspring of writing poetry. So I wrote poetry before I had this female best friend back then that I would like, you know, say all my, she would like demand that I recited the shit to her. So I recited the shit to her and I kind of wanted to, too, to get a real opinion. And she would give me real responses like, ah, nah, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to work. Or, yeah, that's not going to work. Nah, but she would just be real with me. So um, I remember I was like, it was like, what, 12 or 13? It was in junior high and um, there was a cypher. In fact, you know one of the guys that was in the cypher. His name is uh, Mike Cirillo, True. Oh, yeah. So Mike rapped before me. Mike was rapping as, for as long as I can remember. Um, he was in a cypher with some other like gangster rapper, whatever the fuck you want to call <laughs> yeah. it. These gangster rappers or whatever. And um, I was just watching attentively. And this girl that I was like low key best friends with at the time, she saw like how I was so attentive and shit. So she came to me after and she's like, I'm gonna call you tonight. I was like, all right, cool. She hit me. She's like, you should rap. I was like, man, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, fucking basketball. <laughs> I'm a basketball player. Right. I, do, I do poetry. Right. I'm like, I'm not jumping sure. in the cypher. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a combo. Yeah, and at the time, I'm real nice. Right. <laughs> I'm super nice. Why are you trying, well, you trying oh, to say I can't hoop? <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking offense. So... She's like, nah, I'm serious. You do that shit. She's like, all you got to do is take your poetry and kind of tweak it. Mm. And I was like, okay, oh. okay. that kind of. So then I start listening. Right. And I'm listening to what I want to listen to. And I'm listening to like Nas and I'm listening to Tribe and I'm gotcha. listening to Woo and I'm listening to um, Chuck. Right track. He was on the right yeah, track. Chuck D and KRS and Rock. I, at this point, I'm looking at even I'm listening to the music differently because yeah. I'm listening to it, trying to insert myself. Gotcha. Mm, and gotcha. then I'm rapping Ice Cube shit back with him to try and find the flow. And then I'm rapping Daz Effect shit back to try and find their flow and, and so and so. And you know what I mean? And then eventually I wrote a rap. I took it to her, obviously. And I'm like, yo, what you think? And she was like, look, I'm going to keep it real with you. It's cool. He's like, but to be like the guys you're talking about, you're going to have to put in some work. But I do think you can do it. And I was like, all right. So I, <laughs> so I kept writing and kept writing, kept writing, kept writing. 
And then fucking um, before we was even the irons, we was ill nature. Yeah. Or yeah, ill nature. They put me on the spot. It was it was Jo. Jo was like, oh you. Yeah, it was at the bus stop on the way to school our first day. He was like, you rap? I was like, yeah. In high school? High school? Yeah, first day of high school. First day. Oh, man, that's crazy. He's like, you rap? And I don't know why the <laughs> fuck I said yeah, but I said yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, something. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I froze the fuck up, man. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> And I immediately went to the rhyme. I spit homegirl. Okay. So I just went to that. Boom, spit it. But I spit it with like, I knew it by this time. Like I spit right, it her right. off paper. By this time, I knew it. I knew my little, whatever, my little young man voice. Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And I spit this shit with conviction. Okay. And was like, all right, cool. We in a group. Let's find new niggas. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find other niggas at the high that rap and let's build, let's build, um, let's build like a West Coast Wu Tang. That nigga was on to his RZA shit early, <laughs> like really early. Yeah, crazy, hey, I, hey, I still got that nigga's tape, the black and yellow joint. Yo, I got it somewhere in my stash for sure. I, I've seen it in in the last three or four years. Yo, we have to. Okay, so I need to come see you. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I was just thinking the other day to buy the little set to um MP3. I saw him on Amazon. Little yeah, set yeah, to yeah. MP3 converter. Right, uh-huh. that got him. Me, that nigga. That got him. <laughs> oh hey, shoot, nigga, I got that. That shit, man. Matter of fact, I got that from Darius. Matter. Mm-hmm. I, now that I think about it, I think we both bought the tape from him for like ten hots. Oh like, man, like, you got hustle, man. We yeah, yeah, yeah. We got hustle. We got hustle. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got hustle. <laughs> we got hustle. <laughs> Off the, I think it's like three or four tracks on the on this tape, man. And it's 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 crazy to think like I purchased a cassette tape in high school, yes. and when I think about it, like he he made his own. And it wasn't just some regular tape, Eddie. This was like. It had like the actual label on it. Like this was pretty, oh, for pretty real? official. Oh, pretty, for real? Yeah, yeah. Three, damn, three tracks though. Yeah, ten dollars. Oh, we could afford. Got to make that money back. Studio time is expensive as hell. Got to make that money back. Studio time, but yeah, man. That's so, what's up though. Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to to bear witness to that stuff, like just seeing them as they blossomed and as they right. grew, right. and as the bars went on and on and things like that. Like, bro, I'm telling you, Ebby, I'd be in, and I've said this story before, I'd be inside an English class. We'd be in, learning, like, different words in our little vocab books and shit. And we were, I remember vividly, there was a fire drill or something. And we went outside. We was out there on the grass at, at, at the E for, like, 45 minutes. And these dudes are rhyming words we just learned in the, in the English class. And I'm sitting there, and I'm tapping the homie, like, yo, we just acquired this knowledge. <laughs> and the crazy part about it was... It, they didn't say these things to like start the freestyle. So it wasn't like, yo, I got these first two two bars in my mind. I'm about to come up with these two bars. No, this is like 30, 45 seconds in. Yeah. And they dropping in these words. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So you knew that there was this, this ability that they had trained their mind and they had right. worked on their craft so much right. to where it was second nature. Man, these dudes yeah. ill, man. Ill, bro. I mean, we was our that period of time really just developed some different sort of individuals, man. Like we was, we was like. We was the young boys that was ready to fight, but still would walk around school with books and share books with you. Like we would share books with each other. 
we would go to the ratchet party and we would hang out at Barnes and Noble and just what we would call build. That's fucking dope, man. You know what I mean, we would spend time at the homie's house. We all blowing trees, drinking Sainides, reading. Um, Sainides. Uh, yeah, re- reading like um, <laughs> a book um, um, to to behold the pale horse. Wow. Like this is what we was doing in high school. Gosh. So, so we would we were some special guys, man. I don't. I, I've never met any kids that was quite like us, like the type of wavelength we was on. So you was early with it, brother. That's that's early. dope. Hey, man, that's that's what's up, man. Okieffa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okieffa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okieffashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okieffa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. What advice uh, would you give an up-and-coming entrepreneur right now? Um, I would say, are you talking about someone that is already an entrepreneur or someone that's thinking about it? Um, both. Both. Um, so for the person that's already an entrepreneur, you probably already have the ambition, the drive, the courage, and the balls to do this. Um, I would tell a current entrepreneur to test everything, to try everything, and to use that knowledge to springboard your company further. Um, Because your future is in your past when it comes to business. You can learn from your past. You can always predict the future for the most part. And you can navigate that slalom because businesses are, if you keep a business for a long time, it's all about um, evolving with the times. Um, If you want to be an entrepreneur, I would say forget everything that you think about when it comes to earning money through a job. It doesn't apply. CEO or owner or founder or whatever, all those top, top, top titles, that shit is worse than being a janitor for whatever that said company is. Mm-hmm. You are the first and the last to stand, the first and the last defender, and the first and the last person that gets blamed for everything that happens in that business. And if you're not okay with standing on your own decisions to the point of it affecting your livelihood, this shit ain't for you. Damn. You got to be willing to lay it all out there, huh? Look, bro, I don't make money through no job. I haven't had a job in seven years. I told y'all he ain't ever had no job, folks. Yeah, I told it's been you. a long time, bro. So... <laughs> I'm telling people now, like, it's this is not for the faint of heart. People glamorize this shit like it's cool. Listen, you get some tax breaks and you get a little bit of schedule flexibility (laughs) above that. (laughs) There's no benefit um, other than, you know, other than, you know, maybe you have a higher purpose or a higher meaning for what you're doing. But, um, you know, if you're not willing to fucking really gamble and put everything on the line, this shit ain't for you. Tell them. I mean, right. I put my family's meals on this shit. Tell them. Right, man. So what so what projects are you working on currently? Because I know you got you got kicks and cuts. You, I'm sure you over there M- MC and I know you do a whole bunch of tech stuff as well. So my main um business that I actually operate every single day is Uno Marketing. Um I've had this is my longest standing business. I started this in 2013. 
Um, we are a full service digital marketing agency, and we've worked with some of the biggest brands that you know. Um, I buy digital media for these people. Um, I have two full-time employees and other people that I contract for um, different services that I may need to, you know, need help with because we have bandwidth issues or whatever. But that's my main business. And that um, that's something that's going to um, even, I don't want to say further legitimize because we're legitimate, just further um, legitimize as far as like office space and shit like that. <laughs> There's some things that I have plans for in the next five years because of what it's going to be supporting. It's going to be supporting some other endeavors that I'm working on. In regard to other businesses that I'm working on, um, I, I'm investing in a, in a coffee company called Culture Coffee Company. Um, our first location is in Las Vegas. It's off of Sahara Boulevard. It's about three miles off of the Strip. Um, we are finished. I actually just got FaceTime today. Um, our appliances got delivered today. Um, our floors are being painted today. We just put a new AC today. Um, well, I just saw, you know, a bunch of the contractors and stuff, guys that I met when I took a trip to see the location two months ago. Um, you know, they're getting a lot of work done. Um, we've been doing mass hiring. Um, we just uh, did a round of like 20 interviews and we whittled down to pretty much a team and we're putting together a team event pretty soon. It's probably going to be a top golf or some shit like that out there. Mm. And uh, we're eyeing a late April, early May um, grand opening. Um, we'll be, we also have a proprietary blend of coffee. It's like a Guatemalan Colombian blend. And we'll be shipping bags of that. It's called Culture Coffee Company. It's our main, um, it's like our, I guess you could say our signature bag. We'll be selling those direct to consumer um, no later than the middle of June. So people will be able to get those direct to consumer. You can buy your own bags and you can roast or you can, um, you know, you can grind them and do what you do. But um, that's what I'm working on there. And then I also am working on something <clears throat> um, with this gentleman by the name of Gustavo, he's a Ghostface man, Ghostface Killers manager. Um, we're potentially going to be doing a record store in Soho, in New York. Um, that's going to be called um, the Producers Lounge. So, um, we have the space. Um, we're just trying to figure out some logistics, and so I may be taking a trip. To, I'm, I'm actually. He just called me while we was. <laughs> While we was on this uh, on on this podcast, but um, I may be taking a trip to New York actually like next week to go see the space. A record store, yeah, for like wow. you know for vinyl enthusiasts, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where yeah. we're at in Soho, it's um it's a it's right off of Canal Street, um mm-hmm. in in you know in 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 the Lower East Side of Manhattan, so. It's like, you know, a little swanky fucking town and shit, you know, a bunch of people that love to collect vintage shit and love to collect records. And then as well, with his connections being who he is, we're going to be doing like there's an upstairs and there's a downstairs. So upstairs is going to be the record store. We're going to have like a DJ, you know, riser and shit so DJs can spend in there and just and have like some side boots or whatever where people can actually like take records that are already open and play them and listen to them right then and there. But downstairs... We're going to have a studio where people can do like tiny desk kind of concerts. And so given his, um, you know, his connections, we already have some pretty big name people that just off the strength want to come and support. And so we'll be doing some online shit with that, too, where there'll be a YouTube channel and then there'll be like live, like super intimate live shows where maybe there may be 30 to 50 in there. But the ticket prices are going to be really high, obviously. Yeah. Um and that's how we're going to build out the revenue for that spot. It's probably not going to be like a huge money maker, but, um, you know, for just on some culture shit, for like, the culture. Yeah. like kicks and cuts. Like that's a, that's a culture move. That's not, mm-hmm. a, you know, that's not, I'm not going to become a billionaire off kicks and cuts. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> the players' lounge. That's gonna be or the producers' lounge. That's 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 a culture thing. I'm not gonna make a billion dollars off of that. Um, but you know, with Uno marketing, and I also have a wine thing that I'm working on. We're gonna by the end of this year, there I will be shipping wines direct to consumer. Say, I told you, Pete. <laughs> I know. I, I told. I- I nigga. knew you were gonna say something, man. I told this try tell this nigga about the wine. You was, hey, hey, you was talking about wine like was, seven months nah, ago. Like peep game, I'm I'm noticing like not that I didn't already know, but it's like it's crazy right now. Like it's mm-hmm. a gang of cats investing in the wine and or the liquor industry right yep. now. Yep. Right now, like all of them, it don't matter. Cognac, tequila, yep. vodka, this nigga's Snoop on gin, like rightfully so, you know, with his name behind it. So, but it just seems like the profit margin is just lovely. Like as long as you get your shit together. Profit margins are really good. Um, But for the wine thing, once again, um, I don't think that I'm in it necessarily. I mean, this is definitely a money making venture. Like I don't want to get it. Like that's one of the joints where I'm like, listen, I got to get some money. I got to get shit. Right. Um, But there's a there's a larger purpose, at least with what we're doing. So. okay, Okay, good. um, So our original goal and COVID completely changed this. If if, if COVID-19 never happened, you both of you guys would have been invited to the grand opening grand opening of our wine bar. That's what we were going to do in 2020. COVID-19 happened. So we decided that we were going to revert strategy because I don't really want to be doing too much brick and mortar unless it's in a certain type of way. Right. So like with culture coffee, that's only a drive through and walk up. There is no inside place to sit. And that's how all of our locations are going to be. Gotcha. So with this, a wine bar just didn't make sense. There's no way that you can um, drive through that. Right. So we're like, look, we can just do direct to consumer and build a cool brand. So um, we've already selected our crush facility. In fact, we go tour that facility next week on Friday. Um, we've already, we've been incorporated for a year. Um, we know where our funding is coming from, all that shit. Like it's just, we've been, we've been plugging on this for 18, 20 months already. Um, this, you know, this isn't a new thing. I know people often see me online at wineries and drinking wine and fucking hanging out. Yes. And if I'm anywhere, you see me hanging out, <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to find a way to get money. Out of the I don't want to be hanging out for free. <laughs> for real. For real for so real. if you're like, yo, try this hanging out at the oil fields, nigga, I'm getting money somehow at the oil fields. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so um, by the end of this year, for sure, you will you will see um, an announcement um, for Soulborn Enterprise, um, where we will be shipping direct to consumer wines. And at this point in time, I know that it will be two SKUs. Man, I gotta get a bottle, bro. You got to, man. man you got to. You gotta, gotta get, get bottle, multiple bro. bottles. So the, I, I want to get into the purpose of it because I never got there. For sure. The purpose of it is I've obviously I've gone wine tasting in a lot of places: Mexico, Napa, Temecula, obviously, um, Hawaii. I've gone some places to go wine tasting. Mm-hmm. There's nothing out there for us, or very little, mm-hmm. very little, mm-hmm. right? And I think black folks want to get off the brown. I think black folks will rock with an alternative. And wine is way healthier than yes, any cognac, rum, fucking yeah, bourbon. All it's way better for you than that shit. Um, way less calories, way yeah. less sugar. Um, and some doctors would tell you that red wine is good for heart health. 
So, yeah. so yeah. I want to encourage black folks to drink wine and put the brown and put the white down. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to drink white, drink white wine. If you're going right. to drink, you know, you want to drink something heavy, have a port or have, you know what I'm saying, like a dessert wine. Yeah. But leave the brown for special occasions. Right. And you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, rock with some wine. And then as well, we, you know, eventually the long term goal is to have a winery in Temecula Valley. We want to be the first black owned winery in Temecula Valley. And we want to do that by 2026. So if we make that happen, just imagine me, like who you know me to be and what that decor is going to be like and what what kind of music is going to be playing in the background. Right. And think about it. Think about yourself in it and think about how comfortable you're going to feel. Hey, man, on some real shit, man. Like that's that's fucking dope, man. Like on some real shit, because um, like my wife, my wife and I, we we my wife, actually, man, I put her on the wine. But I'm gonna keep it real. I'm from the city. I be on the brown. Keep mm-hmm. it real, nigga. That's just how. I, and like I was born to the brown. They got on some some hand type shit, <laughs> <laughs> nigga. Like nigga, born, born to the nigga, brown. I popped, I, nigga, I popped out of Cincinnati Hospital, nigga, and that hand was waiting, nigga. Like it just is. Hand and Guinness. <laughs> nigga, that was too, nigga. some real shit, nigga. But but as I got older, man, I started fucking with the with the wine, man. Like my parents, they got my parents got me on the wine, and then right. as I grew older, nigga, I just I fucks with the wine. I go back and forth, and so when I my wife, when I met my wife, I put her more on the red wine, and then she just took off with it. Yeah, and shit, she be on it like we. So we, you mentioned Temecula, nigga. We live in Lake Elsinore, which is next oh, door to Temecula. So I'm right there. So she be finding like winery deals. P, you already know, nigga. Like I already know how she does. Every year, nigga, it be some type of major like six to eight wine tastings pop up, yep. and you lit all day and all that shit. But I respect your purpose because you're right. For us black folks, ain't really no ain't no get down like us like uh for our ethnicity within our market as far no. as own owners and and um we've been messing with some black owned uh black wine owners I mean uh black owned wine owners should I say you know like first of all she she owned her her top one is E forty you know yeah, yeah. this shit this shit fired you know and and then D Wade came out with some no, shit this Carmelo. Shit, Carmelo. So I'm seeing the trend and I'm like, man, that shit is dope. Like, and it's real because I'm trying to get off the fucking brown. Yeah, and don't, like, bro, I'm not. And sure. Don't get me right, and it's okay. No. But occasional, it was perfect. You yeah. said on occasional, yeah, that's when I want to hop on. But on a regular, like I want some fire ass wine shit, but better off coming from our own. You know what I mean? Right, right. Now nah, we, we know what's good with the tasting of alcohol. We know, we know what's up. We know what we like. You it's know, that it's, supreme it's palette. That supreme shit, nigga. Like, <laughs> it's the, <nigga>. the palate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we going to have something for, so I'll be real with y'all. When I first started drinking wine, I was on first, first, I didn't even like red wine at first. Right. I didn't even like right. it. I was like, right. just give me the white wine. It's a little yeah. bit sweeter. Then yeah. I used to drink the sweet, sweet Stella Rose yeah. and shit. Yeah. Like I was drinking all that. What's that? Yeah. that uh, what's that other one, P? The one we used to do in college. Carlos, Carlos, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet uh, for sure. Two dollars for 
five gallons. For five yeah. gallons, man. We walk around with jugs. Uh, <laughs> over the years of going and, you know, continuing to drink wine, my palate has matured a lot. So our initial offerings are going to be people with a developed palate and people with an undeveloped palate. So you'll get right. both where you can kind of want to kind of put the business in a space to where we can walk you down developing your palate over time because it's going to change. Like as you go to the wineries three times, what you like the first time, you will not like the third time. Makes sense. You know what I mean? Makes sense. Hold your pants up and your head high. This is Luxury 3, the premier source for high-end fashion and accessories. Our two feature products are the Deluxe Blackberry and Deluxe Black Cherry Men's Belts. Here at Luxury 3, we encourage creativity and ownership so our kids will know that if they can believe it, they can achieve it. To order your Luxury 3 accessories, head over to Luxury3official.com. That's Luxury3.com. And also follow us on Instagram at Luxury3official. And now, back to the show. Hey, so transitioning uh, topics, man. We're going to hop on this b-ball because it's popping right now. Let's do it. You know I'm oh, ready to man, like, That shit is popping right now. So we're going to start with, we, we we start with March Madness. And we're going to work our way up. So who, right. who's it looking like, man, with March Madness, man? Gonzaga, Just, next question. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to lie. My bracket is busted, but I got Gonzaga. Everybody's bracket got, is busted. I got Gonzaga winning the whole thing. And they got four pro, like they got four guys that can play professional ball. Right yeah, now on that yeah, team. averaging a dub. Yeah, Each. like them guys easy, easy. wild, like just right. nice, bro. Gonzaga. Yeah, okay. <laughs> next <laughs> so, question. So who you got? Okay, so next level. What's up with the league, man? Mm-hmm. Especially with the trade deadlines that just passed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Who we who who taking the chip? Are we saying all teams are healthy? What are we saying? Oh, man. That has a lot to do with it. I'm talking about based off of the knowledge that we all have at this moment. You know, people so will no, 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 no. But Pete, but, but hold on, hold on. No, I feel him, though, because I, I agree with him, though. With the knowledge that we have now, plus all teams being healthy. I mean, we know LeBron, will, he he will likely come back. Him and AD. AD of course, back. of course. Exactly. So knowing you know, that they will be ass, back, I'm talking for my team. Fuck and that. he going to say the same. <laughs> I don't even know why you asked that question. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if we are healthy, I'm going Lakers. Um, there it is. Yeah, I, I can't bet against LeBron and AD in the finals until I actually see it. Right. If the Lakers are not healthy and the Brooklyn Nets are, I'm mm. Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. If the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers are not healthy and the Philadelphia 76ers are, I'm going Philadelphia. Over Miami? I, oh, yeah. yeah. Or, I, Mil- or Milwaukee. Or Milwaukee. Mm. Or Boston. But, wait, wait. But what about any teams in the West, though? Because the Clippers, look, I, I can't stand them niggas. But they got Rondo, though. They got Rondo. All so. right, but he's not real. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, Pete. <laughs> That's for you. Hey, man. Fuck y'all. Why hey, you chose that bum-ass team, nigga? I know who you're from. Why you choose to Hey, look, because you know my Ooh. brother, Mike, Michael, chose the Lake Show. And you know that's that's my brother, so you know, you know we, we got to have that competitive spirit. But so y'all grown men, and you know better than that. <laughs> <laughs> because 
I think I hit the point where it's, I just couldn't I couldn't switch up. It was too late. I had too I, many years vested. So pride. I'm rolling. It's pride. It's all good. I get it, man. I I, I just whoa, that's a hell of a pride move though. Yeah. You gotta, you, yeah. you gotta yeah. like maybe at 50. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like right. you don't want to live your whole life like that. <laughs> 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 oh shoot! That's what's well, up, thank, man. thanks, gentlemen. Thanks a lot. I feel so. Uh, you be uh, all right, dog. Appreciate. Right. I'm your brother, nice. man. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> <laughs> you be all right, brother. So who do who do you think is the sleeper in the league right now? Someone who's gonna they might sneak into the playoffs, possibly take take somebody to seven, knock somebody out. Like who do you think is up and coming? That's just gonna make some noise. I think niggas are not putting respect on Utah name. For real. Yeah, they're not yeah. putting no respect on it. And while I'm not saying that they're going to knock off a healthy Lakers team, I'm saying it's possible, though. Like, if if AD has a few too many bad games in a yeah. series with them, that could happen, man. Or if LeBron, let's say he tweaks his ankle and he's out for a game, or let's say there's a weird suspension because of, like, a, you know, a, a bad technical or, you know, like, there's a lot of scenarios that I feel like Utah could fuck around and mess up the whole bracket. Mm. And you, now Denver, yeah. man, they yeah. just picked up Aaron Gordon and um, who else did they pick up? They picked up, they picked up Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee. Yeah. JaVale yeah. McGee. Bruh. Yeah, McGee, McGee came back. McGee that came team back. is dangerous now like yeah. super dangerous so there's a couple sleepers out there that i'm like oh and the suns with chris paul oh, yeah, yeah. so 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 let me ask you this though like i feel you i don't know i'm not really sold on utah though bro like at least compared to the lakers well, i'm not really sold but that's the lakers though that's lakers but i don't know it, it just seems like the and we all know the playoffs is different the playoffs is totally different, like compared to the regular season. Not to say I'm not giving Utah their credit because they balled out last year in the bubble. You know, same with Denver. But I really think the team that's a sleeper in the West mm-hmm. is Portland. I really believe in, and they're getting they, they players back. They're getting healthy. Dame was Dame, but CJ is back. Um, and then Mello. and then at Melo, Melo coming off the bench, and then they also got that front line with Nurkic and whoever mm-hmm. else is missing. But overall, I don't know. I, I feel like they could have made one little trade just to add another piece. But I'm still I'm low key scared to Denver, but they're not messing with us in the seven game series. Still, in my opinion, with Portland man. <coughs> listen, I'm a huge Dame fan, man. <laughs> But Dame has come up very small in big moments. Mm. You let's think not, so? Let's not act like two years ago, <laughs> three years ago, they wouldn't no. in the conference finals. Let's not Golden, act like that. Golden State. Let's they not couldn't. act like they weren't up 3-2 to Golden State. Yeah. Let's not act like Dame has had opportunities. Yeah. And those opportunities never seem to come to fruition when he's in them spaces. I know that he gets a lot of love because he hits a lot of game winners. But those game winners are not in game sevens of the playoffs. Right. Mm, right. You know what I mean? Like maybe that one versus Paul George. Okay, I'll give you that. But yeah. aside from that, you're not doing that in the game sixes and the game sevens when they're needed. Yeah. So once again, man, he's all right, but he's not real. That's real talk, though. That's real. Yeah, man. Because they always pointing out that. Him and CJ, it's just, it just not going to exist. They're going to have to eventually split them brothers up. I don't know. I mean... I, I look, got mixed feelings about it, but 
don't know. I think they need a true <laughs> big three to get through over there. And true, not, a true, not true what? A true what? True big three. Mm. Like if if they like if um remember when Kawhi was coming from Toronto and there was talks that he could potentially go to Portland, they need someone like that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying they need a um they need a dominant three. You know what I mean, yeah. like even Greek freak, like when he was thinking about free agency, me, I was like, yo, you went to Portland? Oh, that's a wrap. Right. That's a wrap. Because I don't think I don't think a, a I don't think a backcourt in the NBA is winning a championship as the backcourt being their two best players unless it's Stephen Clay. You're right. I, and I was I was hoping you was gonna go there. Yeah. Because that's the only back backcourt. That's the only one in the league right now that can win that chip. I think that's the only backcourt that's won a chip as the two players being the, like the, you know, the point guard yeah. being the best since probably the Pistons. The Pistons. Yep. You're accurate. A long time. Yeah. yeah. You're accurate. You're accurate. Uh, you're on point. You're on point with that have one. To have really special yeah. players at those two positions yeah. to say, these are my two best players and we going to win a chip. That's right. what to do. So right. <clears throat> I don't Damn, think yeah. that's a long time, dog. Long that's a long time. time. So I don't know if I buy into, you know, Dame and McCullum can do it themselves with a decent big man, because that's what Nurkic is to me. I think they're gonna need to ship Nurkic out and they're gonna need to put a real three guard in there. Somebody like like um, I think Pascal Siakam is up for his, like his deal mm-hmm. up soon or something. So like, that would be the kind of guy that they would need to get over the top, like a real three and D guy. Yeah, damn, man, that's 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 some real shit though, man. I just know these niggas need to get healthy and bring their ass back because this some right. bullshit. Like yeah. this shit right here, man. They on some like old Kobe and Shaq shit. Where they don't give a fuck what seat they in, nigga. We taking this shit regardless. <laughs> I just gotta get into the party. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't like have to be the first one. But, I just gotta into the party. but it's like I want these niggas to come back and get that groove. You know what I mean? Like I want them to get on time. No, I'm talking about LeBron and AD. They need to come back, come back on time to where they can, you know, get some some endurance in them. Feel their injuries out. Make sure everything's cool. Build that chemistry before the playoffs start. I think they'll be all right. You know? You guys are vets. Right, right, right. And and LeBron going to do what LeBron going to do. LeBron is LeBron, though. It's AD, AD, though. AD injury prone. He always been. No team in the league has an answer for AD. No. Not maybe, when he's healthy. Maybe Brooklyn. Not when he's healthy. Maybe Brooklyn. Putting Brooklyn only one. On AD, that could be a thing. But Brooklyn ain't got an answer for LeBron. So yeah, you know I'm saying like I'm not worried about them in a in 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 a like late late playoffs final situation. I think they'll be all right. It's just about getting through, you know, whatever these injuries are now. A AD situation to me seems a lot like KD's situation in Golden State. They're being yeah. real weird about that. When he got yeah. hurt, he grabbed his Achilles. How the hell is that a calf sprain? Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh-huh. look right. And then they right. keep extending and extending and extending and extending. It's like, yo, what is going on with this guy? Right, right. Exactly. It's getting That's weird out here. It is. It is. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's almost the yeah. same. It's the yeah. same shit. That's real. Yeah, out here, man. That's what's up, man. Well, shit, man. That's pretty much, man. This this show was dope, though. This is dope. My man, try. Man, try I got, on. I got one more for you, brother. One more. Yeah, so yeah. How, how can how can people get in touch with you? TheRealTriune.com. 
That's it. Everything is there. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> my, look, man, all my social is there. All my yeah. music is there. The links to the other websites to the everything is there. Right. And as far as your your marketing company, it's a super personal question, but y'all do Instagram marketing and stuff like that? Because I'm looking for someone, a company to Ooh, work with. Of course. Oh shit. Of course. Oh, we do shit. we do Facebook Instagram buys like crazy, man. Oh uh, well, there, there it is. is. There it is. I think we managed like, like two million in February. What? Yeah. Oh shit! I'm I'm on my way. Look <laughs> <laughs> for me, man. Because the people I'm working with, you know, uh, like you said, uh, they're all right, but they're not real. All right, <laughs> <laughs> not real. <laughs> uh, all right, that's what's up, man. That's on some real shit. Real talk. That's what's up. Well, there it is, man. We got any shout outs before we uh call it a afternoon? That's crazy. We usually do our podcast at night, but I know it's a special day today. And hey, Shay Four Five, what you sipping on real He's quick? He's <laughs> the drunk mix. You got any shout outs, Try? Yeah, I do. Um, so I want to shout out Beach Bum Wisdom Teas. If you guys like tea, if your wife loves tea. If your kids love tea, uh, my significant other is in the tea business, and I'm telling you, she has some really, really good blends, you guys. Um, they're high-quality teas. They're not cheap. I'm not trying to sell you guys on a $3 box of tea, but um, what you'll get out of them, trust me, you'll you'll recognize the quality. So um, check that out, beachbumwisdomteas.com. There it is, beachbumwisdomteas.com, y'all. Check it out. Good looking. What's up with you, P? Who you got? Up. Man, I want to give a shout out to, as always, the regular sponsors, OKF for Shades and Get Laced. Our it. our brothers at Luxure 3, L-U-X-U-R-3, official.com. The sponsors, you can follow him on Instagram at Luxure3official. Hey, man, what I got to do to be a sponsor? Oh, shit, oh, shit. Like, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Right. We can yeah, set that shit. up. Who I got is Zelda. What's going on? Let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. We got you. Oh. I feel we like the you. people getting money and not talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we got you. We getting money. We getting money. Hey, right. sh- shout out to my cousin, my brother cousin at Project International on Instagram at P-R-A-J-E-K-T-I-N-T-L, Project International. Make sure you pick up the gear with the fresh-ass shirts with the nice hip-hop quotables on them. Last but not least, GW District. You already know, shop GWDistrict.com. My boy Leon, you can reach him at GW District on Instagram. Yep. Shout man. I got a shout out real quick, man. Shout out to my boy, C. Boom. We go back day one since high school. He got his own man don't know podcast. He slid me with the hat right here. The quick snap back. So, you know, I want to show him some love. I appreciate him. He also do my product photos on my OKFSA's products, man. So, um. Those slick, nice pics that you've seen on my shades and my blue light blockers. That's my boy, C. Boom. Much love, brother. Right on. Straight up. And last but not least, you already know how we do. We got to go out on a quote. And then B.I. said, ho, reminds yourself, nobody built like you. You designed yourself. Everybody out there, man, build what you want. Become it. Stop playing. On it. Facts. There it is, brother. Hey, try. I appreciate you, brother. We appreciate you. Thanks for you. having me. Man, all day. All day. So, the next time we have you on, man, we're going to be all together physically, man. And we're going to be 
having the drinks up in the air, the wine bottles up in the air, blow some trees with you, bro. Yeah, just spliff off. Just gonna keep you real up on here. I'll let your boy, but for sure, the 7209 show, we out. Peace. Peace.